All right, let's see if I can just dive in and go kind of quickly. Y'all ever watch Bugs Bunny? I like a, a particular Bugs Bunny. It's not the, not the real old ones. It's kind of the more current ones. But there was one where he played the minute waltz in 30 seconds. One of my favorite scenes because he played it perfectly. But in 30 seconds, I'm going to try to do that right here because... 722 and we got to get moving. We've been talking about confidence and let me tell you, I want to get done. I'm going to review just a bit, but let's talk about confidence. We've been talking about three themes about confidence in God. Do you remember what the confidence was? It was confidence toward God. Toward God. It was confidence in other believers and it's uh, not giving up our confidence. Uh, those are the three things. The first thing, confidence in God, and I want you to catch this in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light. Let me tell you, Josiah, Amen. That's it. That's what you were saying. His light, it doesn't go out. You said a few things as you were, I don't know if you were prophesying or just speaking. I don't know what it was. I want to say it was a prophecy because it was speaking directly to me. Um, that his arm's not too short. And even if we feel like he's not there, sometimes we feel like he's not there. He's there. Elijah ran and hid under the tree, but God was there. God was there. God is with you whether you feel it or not. God's presence is not based on a feeling. It's not based on your feeling. It's based on him. And he promised us he wouldn't leave us. He's not left you. He's not left you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. I feel like that's similar to what David gave. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though, I, though war may rise against me, I will be confident. You remember the secret of David's victories throughout his life was this tremendous confidence in God. No matter what happened. And let me tell you, his brothers, his family, everybody turned on him. Everybody that should have loved him turned on him. Tried to kill him. Chased after him. Tried to take his place. And even through it all, he did not waver in his confidence in God. Doesn't mean he didn't run every now and then. Doesn't mean he didn't go on different, get sidetracked and go in different directions. But he never wavered in his confidence in God. Right? Proverbs 3.23. Proverbs 3.23 says, Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Don't be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the, when, when the wicked, trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. I'm going to go quickly. I, I'm, where I'm trying to go is going to get right back into this scripture. But it talks about there's no need to fear when we are confident in God. And verse 26 tells us where to find our confidence. The Lord will be our confidence and he will keep our foot from being caught. Now I want you to know God has the answer. Whatever you're facing today, God has the answer. Second thing, real quick, is confidence in other believers. You know, when we come in here to worship, we need to have confidence in our worship leader to lead us into the presence of God. We need to have confidence in our pastor. We need to have confidence in our life group leaders that they're studying and that they're, they're filled with the Spirit and they have something to offer. Confidence in other believers. Let me give you a scripture. Galatians 5.10 says, I have confidence in you and the Lord that you will have no other mind. But, the, but, the trouble, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. There it is again. It's amazing. Just as uh, David has just said. Lord, rebuke. Rebuke. 
and judge those who are coming against us. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to know this is coming from Paul who had all hell coming at him. From people that let him down, even wanted to fight him in the church. The, the, one of his closest friends had a throwdown right in the church. My, comp, my conviction is that the Lord never started anything that he can't finish. I apply this in my own case. When the Lord took me on, he took on a lot of problems. Nevertheless, he took them on in confidence that he could deal with them. See, when the Lord took me on, you know, with all the problems that came, but what, what also came when he took me on was his infinite patience and wisdom. But I thank God today that I share his confidence that he will finish what he started. Even in me. Paul makes another uh, remarkable statement in Thessalonians, chapter, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. You know, the church needs to have confidence in the flock. The leadership needs to have confidence in the people. And the people need to have confidence in the leadership. And we need to be praying for each other. Now, I want you to know I pray for you. But I want to ask you, pray for me. Pray for my staff. Pray for my deacon board. My, my deacon board prays for you. They do. Pray for them. Let's start praying for each other. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll, it'll bind our hearts together. Instead of pulling it apart and wait, all of a sudden we get mad at some of the stupidest things. I do it. I do it. Those of you that know me know I do it. We get mad at the stupidest things. And a lot of times it's because I've quit praying for them. If I'm praying for them, my heart usually is turned in the right way. Why? Because I don't see you as you. I see you as God's child. I try to see you as God sees you. I'm not God. But I try to see you how God sees you. Because God values you. And God values me. And he sent his son to die on the cross for me and for you. Grasp that. God values you. Now, warnings about lost confidence. That's where I want to go and we're going to go quick. Giving up our confidence. The warnings about giving up our confidence. And this comes from Hebrews. And it's funny because Elizabeth, I don't remember how you were talking about this, but you were just talking about... uh, this scripture that I'm going to go to. But the greatest problems that the Hebrews had is they started out in the Spirit. They started out loving the Lord and having the Spirit lead them. And what happened to them is they turned back to works. They turned back to, you know what, enough of the Spirit. Let's just go back to living right and doing everything right and making sure that we dot our I's and cross our T's and we get everything right. And God will bless that. If we, if we can kind of work our salvation, if we can work for it. Let's make sure that we just do everything right. They started in the liberty of the Spirit, but they reverted to religion, to ritual, and to rule. And let me tell you, I have that tendency. I like systems. I like being in the safety of a schedule and a system and find something that works. Man, I'll beat that thing till it's dead. And there is no sufficient basis for confidence in any of these things. 
There are five separate warnings in this epistle, and all of them are written to believers. And we're going to look at three of the five. And they're some of the strongest warnings that you can see in the New Testament. And you know what? In essence, this is what it says. Don't give up your confidence. Don't be so religious that you don't enjoy the Lord. And don't become so serious that re- in your religion that it's no longer a joy. Have you ever lost your joy in church? That's what Hebrews is warning here. Don't don't let religion become so big of a part of your life that you miss God. One of the greatest assets of the spiritual life is spontaneity. And we can't afford to lose it. And you know, when I look back on my life, some of the most major decisions in my life I arrived at by accident. One of them was being the worship leader of this church. I was 25 years old and started off back there in the sound booth and God just started moving in my life. I couldn't see it coming. I couldn't, I couldn't predict it. I, I, I couldn't stop it. And next thing you know, that's where I am. I mean, then, then go look at me becoming senior pastor. It, it didn't happen by God's accident. It happened by mine. It was an accident to me. All the plans and arrangements that we work out aren't enough. You know, I want, I want to encourage you. Um, all the plans and arrangements that we can do aren't enough. They won't get the job done because a plan that is strictly developed on the level of human ability only produces an Ishmael. Do you remember when Abraham had gotten the word that he was going to be the father of many nations and he waited years and years and years and it didn't happen? So what did he do? He tried on his own. And he put a plan together. And it wasn't God's plan. All the plans and arrangements aren't enough. Ishmael was the best that Abraham could achieve without God's supernatural grace and power. And he wasn't good enough. One test I have in my own life is determining whether or not God, whether or not something is or not of of God is, was it born supernaturally? If it was solely only due to my planning and arranging, my question is, was it from God? I believe in being practical and working things out, but its origin must be supernatural. That's the difference between Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael was naturally originated, but Isaac was supernaturally originated. And Isaac was far above anything Abraham could have ever imagined. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, for for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When we plan, we plan on an earthly level. God initiates on a heavenly level. That doesn't mean it won't be worked out on the earth, but we've got to make sure that we engage in the heavenly realm. One of the biggest challenges that the church and that Christians have today is going over here and doing our own thing and then trying to get God to bless it. Instead of seeking and hearing God and following His plan from the beginning. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done your own thing? Realized you've messed it up and then you're praying to God, what, you know, why aren't you blessing this? God's saying, why aren't you listening to me? I wouldn't have taken you down this way. 
fact, I told you not to go this way. Things that are a result of human planning will not survive the pressures that we have to go through. Three specific passages I want to show you in Hebrews that contain conditions based upon confidence. First is Hebrews 3.6. It says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, of the hope firm to the end. Where it says rejoicing in the New King James, do you know what it says in the New American Standard? It says boasting. Boasting of the hope. We've already seen that confidence, do you remember from a few weeks ago, confidence is expressed by the freedom of speech. But God wants us to boast about Him. Worship is boasting about God. That's the condition of being the true church. We hold fast our confidence and boast in God until the end. Same chapter, verse 14. It says, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. You know, this passage shows us that our salvation is conditional upon us not giving up until the end. Not giving up our confidence. And in traditional, uh, in traditional theological terminology, this is called the perseverance of the saints. Have you ever heard that preached? We stick with it. Those who do not preserve do not qualify as saints. And then we look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. And this is a reference that's taken from the military world. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, are you catching something here? God wants you to finish. The reward's in the finishing. It's not in the quitting. You got to finish. Y'all remember Ross Perot? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? We got to finish. Church, we got to finish. Christians have become a bunch of quitters. Quitting on people, quitting on marriages, quitting on family, quitting on relationships, quitting on church. Quitting on God. We're not quitters. Mama didn't raise no quitter. God didn't create any quitters. We're not quitters. He didn't create us to quit. The end of a thing is better than the beginning. God can finish what he has started. One major piece of a soldier's army of a soldier's armor was his shield. And in the Greek literature, the greatest disgrace for a soldier was to cast away his shield and run. From the battlefield without it. The writer here says, don't cast it away. Don't cast your confidence away. I believe he's thinking about the disgrace of casting away your shield. He's saying, in effect, don't cast away your confidence, which is your shield. Don't cast it away because there's a great reward coming if you'll hold on to it. We've got to tighten our grip on our shield of confidence and resolve not to let it go at any cost. Looking ahead, we can see that the future is both challenging and frightening. And in all parts of the world, peace is threatened. And upheaval and uncertainty rule the day. Beyond this, we as Christians have a king who has a plan and an answer for our situation. 
our personal situation, our church situation, our nation's situation. God has a plan for the United States of America. God has a plan for Church on the Hill. God has a plan for your marriage. God has a plan for your finances. God has a plan for your church. God has a plan for your kids. God has a plan for you. It's he who has said that he will be our refuge in the time of storm. The kingdom that he rules is unshakable and the foundation, it cannot be moved. But we have to appropriate for ourselves every one of the promises given in Proverbs 23 through 26. Those who make the Lord their confidence. Now I've paraphrased this back to refer. It's, it, it typically says you will walk, in sa- walk safely in my way. But look at this. Let's rephrase this. I will walk safely in my way. When I lay down, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of sudden terrors nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. The Lord will be my confidence. I want to encourage you. That's it. I want to encourage you. Get in the Word. Start building godly relationships. Get in relationship with your spouse. Get in the Word. And hang on to that shield of confidence because God is going to rescue you. And it doesn't matter how you feel. God's a rescuer. I have had moments where I did not feel he was going to rescue me. That did not change who God was. Sometimes we just need to get to that point of complete desperation and say, God, I can't make it without you. God will finally say, finally. You didn't have to get this far. But I will take you this far in order to rescue you. If that's what it takes to get you, you can go to the pig pen, but you don't have to. He will meet you right where you are. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I just speak over this congregation tonight. Let our confidence in God be restored and be strengthened. Lord, as we go to your word, Let our confidence in you be strengthened. And I just want to speak over you. Don't quit. Don't quit. As Josiah gave the word, God's arm is not too short. God's arm is the perfect length to reach you. I must say it again, just as he said, he is but an utterance away. God is but a word away. If we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Let our confidence be strengthened in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You have a great rest of the week. You have a week of victory, a week of being in the word, a week of worshiping, and let's get in here Sunday and let's rejoice over it. Amen. Amen. God bless you.